The New Testament reading is taken from Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32, and it can be found on page 91 of the New Testament in the Pew Bibles. Page 91 in the New Testament of the Pew Bibles. Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32. The parable of the lost son. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the eldest son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The elder brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you've never given me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. This is the word of the Lord. We 
start a new sermon series today, even though the reading is a familiar one to you from the last month. And the theme of this new sermon series is called Welcome to the Table. Welcome by the Tafel. We, we're starting this sermon series because as a family, St. John's, we are preparing to host Alpha later on this year. And so for those of you who don't know, one of the things that happens as Alpha is people are invited to a space that we as a community create. There are tables. People come, they sit at the table. They share a meal together. Generally, there's a talk that's given the thing about the Alpha Talks is that each one is a question. Who is Jesus? How do I read the Bible? How and why should I pray? You see, each question is not a statement. This is who Jesus is. This is what the Bible is. This is how you should pray. Questions create a quest, an opportunity for a conversation. It creates room for more than one opinion. In case you didn't know, there are more than one. There is more than one opinion at St. John's about everything. And so, tables and questions create the space for us to be together and have a conversation about those questions. And so the table in Alpha is really important because what happens is not only the question and the conversation, what also happens is a meal. And what happens at the same time is we build friendships and community. And sometimes what happens after Alpha is the people who came to Alpha join that church. And so it's important that we begin to prepare our own hearts for what will happen at Alpha. If you're going to be volunteering, you're going to be hosting people. And we don't just host people because we're running an Alpha course. We host people because Jesus Christ has hosted us in this sacrament that we share together. Jesus is not only the host, but also the feast. And so we're going to look at this Familiar parable, now you've heard at least three sermons on it already. We're going to look at this from the perspective of the table. Looking at the different tables in this parable. I'm going to ask you first, though, to think about a time when you were at a table. It doesn't matter how old you were. A table where you had a meal but mostly where you felt like you belonged. You were happy to be there. Can you think of a time like that? Maybe it was your favorite meal, maybe it was your favorite people, maybe it was your birthday party, maybe it was a family gathering. As a child, I remember, we used to have family lunch on a Sunday. It feels like almost... Every Sunday, I don't remember a Sunday when we didn't have everyone there. My grandmother, my grandfather, my mother, all her siblings. My dad's family was from PE, so we hardly saw them. Occasionally, there'll be one or two aunts who were in town. But there'll be 
all the aunties and uncles and grandparents and all the cousins. So there was a table for the adults, 14 of them, on a small day. And then the big cousins, six or eight of us, and then the small cousins. And I remember when my oldest sister was invited to sit at the big people's table. And I was just like, you know, one day I'm also going to be at that table. And my small cousins were like always wanting to come sit at the big cousin's table. And we were like, <clears throat> sit by the small cousins. You see, tables create spaces of belonging. And so as we look through this parable and, and think about tables, think about this story of belonging that is woven into this parable that Jesus tells. So it says there was a man who had two sons. <clears throat> Imagine the table when they were growing up. There's an older brother and a younger brother. I don't know if there were other children. I don't know where the mother is. But imagine the table when the house was full, when there were dinner parties. I know there's a Hebraic expression, when you host, the table must groan under the weight of all the food. That's how much you must cater. So tables groaning under the weight of all the liquor food that's there. Now imagine the table the day that the son left. It says the younger son gathered all that he had and traveled to a distant country. You see... Him leaving was an insult not only to his father, but to his family and to his community and to his neighborhood and his country. He went to a different country. Bringing shame and embarrassment on everyone who he belonged to. And so, if I was the oldest son, the conversation would go like this. Dad, I can't believe that you did that. How could you give everything away just like that? I had to sell cows and sheep and we had to sell land just so that ye can take and go away. I can't believe you. The father in turn at the table, grief stricken. Occasionally looking at the place where his youngest son would have sat and feeling the longing. I wish he was here. I wonder how he is. And so it says the son then goes to a different country and he has parties with alcohol and prostitutes. Imagine those tables. Maybe they had people dancing on them. but the son not having a place of belonging at that table. A table uh, that is hosting a dinner with prostitutes means there's no relationships there. It's all transactional. You pay me and I provide services, whether it's food or sex. And then a severe famine took place throughout that country. 
And the son, now a refugee in that country, finds himself in need. And so he goes and he offers to work. You got anyone knocking on your door asking for work? Some work, please, please, I'll do anything, anything. And so the son becomes one of those foreign nationals knocking on a door, looking for work, desperate. And so he finds work, but it gives him a different table. This table he shares with pigs. It says he was pleased or he gladly filled himself with the food that was provided for the pigs. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the deprivation that a Middle Eastern man must experience to eat the same food and at the same table as pigs? We don't know how long this went on for. But this new table stirred something in him. And so this is one of the pivots in the story. It says, and he came to his senses. Ever had a moment like that? Came to his senses. And, and what did he realize? He realized, oh, I am a son whose father loves him. And I should just go back home and join them all at the table because I'm hungry. Isn't that what the parable says? No. Oh. It says, he came to his senses realizing that his father's hired hands or slaves had bread enough to eat and to share. And here I am dying of hunger. You see, his his coming to his senses wasn't a revelation of his father's love for him. No, it was a benevolent need. He went home because he was hungry. And so sometimes that happens to us. We come to church because we just want to see our friends. Or we come to church because there's sandwiches after the service. Jesus in this parable says, so what? It doesn't matter why you come home. There's a seat at the table for you. He gets up and he goes home. And the first thing he says to his father is, I've sinned against you and against heaven, and I am not worthy, not worthy to sit at your table. Make me a hired hand. Give me a different table so that I can go sit there and eat bread. And what does the father do? Quickly, bring the best robe. Bring a ring and put shoes on his feet and slaughter the fatted calf. We are going to fill this table with food and we are going to celebrate. Because the son was lost. But now he's found. 
and we are going to create a new seat at the table for him. And the feasting begins. A little while after, the older brother comes along and hears music and dancing. And he calls someone and he says, now what's going on inside there? And so the servant says, your brother has come back and your father has killed a fatted calf because your brother is home safe and sound. The other pivot. Then he became angry. And the older brother refused to sit at the table. This table that had the one son missing now has the other son missing, even though it's filled with a feast. There's a friend of mine who um, pastors a church in Germany. And um, they had been praying for many, many years for God to send revival into this church, into this community. The numbers were dwindling. The church was getting smaller and smaller. And they were praying and they were praying. And they said, please, God, increase the numbers in our church. But Germany has had a negative population growth for almost 40 years. In Germany, they have closed down villages. Christine would know this. There are shopping malls, schools, hospitals, post offices, all kinds of services. They literally closed the town, turned the lights off, stopped electricity and water from going there because there's just not enough people. And so they prayed and they prayed and they prayed, but they they had a negative population growth. So the only way they could get more people in church was to make sure that another church had less members. And he didn't understand what God was going to do, but the people carried on praying. And he was just like, I don't know what's going to happen. And then there was a famine in a faraway land called Syria. And thousands and hundreds of thousands were displaced. We saw pictures on the news, on TV, people trying to cross the Mediterranean just to find food. They came to their senses and went, there are countries that have more than enough food. We will try and go there. And Germany was one of the countries who said yes, opened their borders, and received influxes 10,000 at a time of Syrian refugees. And so what happened to that church? Suddenly, all their neighbors were Syrian. Suddenly, their church was filling up. God was answering their prayer. But here's the kicker. My friend says it was the worst time for him. Because all the members were complaining that he was spending so many hours of his week looking after the Syrians, these new people who just came here. Can you imagine 
St. John's full and now Jeremy doesn't even talk to you anymore? He didn't phone you for your birthday? But that new one who just came here last week, he's having tea with them again? I know that will never happen at St. John's. But part of preparing ourselves for hospitality is preparing ourselves to have neighbors that we are not going to choose. Who might come because they're angry or might come because they're hungry or might come because they really like you. The son says to the father, listen, for all these years I've been working for you like a slave. I never disobeyed you. Never. Not once did I disobey your commandments. I'm so devoted to you and I love you so much. Why are you doing this? You see, we can be obedient to every commandment of God and still not catch the heart of God. The heart of this father beats for all his children to belong. And if we don't catch a glimpse of this God who wants you to know that you belong, you belong, you belong, you belong. If we don't know that, then we cannot welcome others. We'll feel threatened by them. We'll get angry just like the sun. This person think they are. Or giving a sly look when someone goes up for seconds. All the same. God's heart is to welcome, to invite everyone to the table, even when you say, for I am not worthy, for they are not worthy to sit at this table. No, they're not. That's not the point. The point is that it is God's table, and we dare not exclude anyone from sharing in what God has to offer That's why God gives it to us, so that we can share it with others. Tables speak of our belonging and where we belong. The invitation of the story of the table in this parable is to remind each of us that we belong. Can you turn to your neighbor and tell them you belong here? And now turn to another neighbor and tell them, you belong here. Today we are going to have an opportunity to celebrate baptism. Baptism is one of the two sacraments, the table and the baptism to say that you belong. You belong to this community of faith. And that's something that we can share together. And so take a moment to reflect on that table experience that I asked you to think of at the beginning. This table where you felt like you belonged. This table that was full of all your favorite things and your favorite people.
And imagine that as you sit at that table, the door opens. And someone else is invited to come and sit at that table. And your knowledge of your belonging is so secure. And your knowledge of the love of the host of that table is so secure that you can say, come and sit next to me. Here, share in this meal. And so my prayer for each of us as we begin this sermon series of Welcome to the Table is that we would know that we are welcome. First, that we are welcome, because otherwise we can't welcome anyone else. That we are welcome not because of who we are, not because of what we've obeyed or disobeyed or anything that we've done, but because of the grace of the host. And so I'm going to ask Sharon to play a song called Only by Grace. And as we, if you know the song, please sing along. But as we look at the words of the song, that we would know ourselves welcomed Welcomed into the sacrament of baptism and welcome into the sacrament of communion. Because both of these speak of our belonging. Amen. You call.